everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining and hope you'll be able to make it on Sunday um, as we jump into conversation together. We'll also be doing our next liturgy and lunch, which means uh, we're just going to hang out after service and feel free to bring in lunch or order in and we'll get to hang out hopefully in the sunshine together And also just feel free to come and be. Uh, You don't feel like you have to bring anything. We will be celebrating Ellie's first birthday, uh, so stick around for that as well. Uh, We are just going to jump right into it today um, because as I was preparing to get this sermon recorded, had all my notes, all of the things that I have researched and brought together, Um, my computer decided to give me the black screen of death, and I do not have access to any of the normal um, recording equipment or anything like that. So we are going to roll with it as we do and continue through the changes as I so well put uh, the graphic and the title for this week's sermon. So bear with me as I try to make it through as much as I can truly remember, and we'll have more conversation on Sunday. And again, we go with it. Uh, Thanks for being here. So I will open with reading our text for us. It comes from John 14. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. The word of the Lord. So, my guess um, and my experience of this text is that the most recognizable verse is verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And I will do my best to paint a picture, as always, of kind of what a more traditional reading of this text has been, what a consistently quote-unquote progressive reading has been, and then throwing in um, a few of my own thoughts to hopefully provide a third perspective. 
And I'll do so by breaking down a couple of the verses, a couple of the words, and again, opening it up to our conversation. What do we come up with together? So in the Gospel of John, as we've been kind of working through, because it's come up so much throughout uh, Lent and Easter tide, um, there are unique stories to John that are not present in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and vice versa. As we've said before, the Gospel according to John was written some 70 years after Jesus' life and death, and it's an anonymous author in terms of we have lost this over many, many years since this writing. And the Gospel of John doesn't include any stories of Jesus' birth, baptism, or temptation. Um, There's really many um, differences in terms of how the Gospel of John works through the kind of scope of Jesus' life. But then also there are stories in John that are not included in the other Gospels. The miracle at Cana, turning water into wine. Um, Jesus saying, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. The raising of Lazarus, the washing of the disciples' feet, doubting Thomas, um, a specific (laughs) resurrection appearance. Um, All of these are unique to John. And John uses a, a lot of really interesting kind of repetitive key symbols, didactic speeches um, to portray Jesus in a particular way. This text is coming from Jesus's farewell speech that's taking place on the night before Passover. And it's interesting that the lectionary works us backwards and kind of brings us back to this text after Easter has happened in preparation for kind of moving towards Ascension Sunday in a couple of weeks. But of course, we have to start where the passage starts, um, where Jesus, right out of the gate here, is saying, don't let your heart be troubled. And it uses a lot of the word believe, know, see throughout this text. And as I was reading a little bit of the background on the actual translation of not letting your heart be troubled, what kept coming up is that this isn't like, just don't ever be troubled, don't have anxiety, you know, all of all of the things that sometimes it sounds like it's saying. In reality, it's uh, translated more appropriately as don't let this trouble overtake you don't allow it to rule your life. Um, And the the translation is kind of like an overflowing passion. Um, Don't let it shake you so hard that you lose yourself in the process. And I think that's a much easier place for me to start in kind of this idea of trust. And that is going to be of our thread throughout this whole text as we continue through the changes how are we trusting that we already have what we need that we already do know much more than we realize Um, how do we trust that it's going to be okay as we step into the unknown from there um we get kind of jesus 
working this whole thing about the father's house. And of course, again, this is uh, translations using patriarchal language around God. Um, but I think more appropriately, the language that we would use is around kind of the divine's presence, the divine home. Um, I love that phrase. So there's more than enough room. What's interesting about this text is that verse 6, I am the way, the truth, the life, no one can come to the Father except through me, has gotten used as a very exclusionary line um, to say that I am the only way, the only truth, the only life. That is typically how it's been taken in a traditional, more conservative, potentially evangelical reading, is that this is kind of a bolster for saying Christianity, um, specifically evangelical Christianity, is the only correct way. And any other faith, any other form of Christian belief is wrong. Meanwhile, um, Jesus is 100% leaning into kind of an abundance mindset that there's always more than enough, um, that there is no lack of space for all. And I would hope that we can start to make some parallel um, uh, conclusions that there is more than enough space within spirituality for ourselves. There's more than enough space in this world to find belonging, um, even though there are so many churches, so many um, spiritual paths that say that there's not enough. He continues on to say, would I, would I have told you <laughs> that, um, and made all these promises if it wasn't true? I'm going to continue to be with you. And you know the way that I'm going, and therefore you can trust yourself. You can trust that we've already put in the work over the last three years of Jesus's ministry, being together with the disciples, teaching them his ways of justice, of uh, nonviolent resistance of loving and being present and showing belonging to those who've been marginalized by society. That is Jesus's way, right? That is some of the most consistent lines throughout um, his life that we get in the context, especially of the Gospels, um, that he was committed to. And so, for using that as our pulse of what Jesus means by this way and that you that the disciples would have already known purely by being around him being with him and learning from him but of course our human nature is to doubt um, that we that we know enough that we are doing enough that we are being enough and so Thomas comes in and just says point blank no we have no freaking clue what you mean and we're terrified of the idea of you leaving us if that is not the most human reaction um to someone leaving or not being able to continue to be in one's life in the same way i don't know what is but of course jesus comes back and we get this line around the way the truth of life Progressive Christians have tried to take this text and frame it as if Jesus is only talking to Christians here. That's saying, you know, Jesus is the way, 
the only way for Christians to get to God. Um, other religions and faiths have lines that say something um, to the effect of there are many paths that lead to God. And within the progressive Christian circle, who wants to be um, uh, so sorry, I'm st- so struggling with words, not having kind of my notes and things in front of me, but who want to be sensitive to other faiths and interfaith work and honoring that there are other ways in which folks approach spirituality, want to reframe this text and say, you know, this is the way for Christians and therefore we have to be, you know, in line in certain ways that are similar to a conservative reading of this text. But don't worry, it only applies to a certain few. Um, You know, there are other texts that will be referenced of Jesus saying, you know, not all of my sheep are in this fold and that everyone will worship their God and trying to point to those as spaces that recognize interfaith um, mutuality. And I want to take it a step further only to say that in both of those examples, the word only still kind of gets in there somehow. And I wonder how much um, exclusion and potential manipulation we can and could have avoided if it was simply translated, I am a way, a truth, and a life, and how how different that reads as we look um, at the specific person of Jesus and then can apply that in our own truths. We've said before, you know, that it takes our whole collective wisdom as we come together in community to explore a text, to explore, you know, how we're thinking about doubt and questions and the mystery of God. And it takes all of our experience and ways of life and backgrounds to get a more full picture of the divine. And I think in some ways, especially in relation to some some verses down, uh, where Jesus is saying, anyone who believes will do the same works that I've done and even greater works and really levels in a non-hierarchical way, I think, uh, between those verses to say, it takes all of us. I am here and I've offered truth and I've offered um, specific ways of going about handling and pushing back against empire, um, how to love, how to be present, um, all of these things. And of course, you know, the disciples aren't necessarily satisfied with that answer. But Jesus continues just to come back to this idea of, you've seen me, therefore you know the divine. I think in our, in our own lives, it is really hard to trust ourselves and trust our bodies, period. But especially if you have spent time within the evangelical spaces where there is only one truth and there is a whole lot of fear-mongering that happens if you do not participate and specifically live within those tight bounds of that one way. We're taught to only trust the word of the person in the pulpit, um, that if your life experience begins to say, hey, 
I think that there's more than one way of being or more than one way of, of working or more than one way of thinking because freaking brain chemistry is different and diverse across of all humanity. One thing is not going to work for everyone. Those become kind of the pillars of the church trying to maintain power by pushing back and saying there's only one way and if you are outside these bounds, therefore you are outside of belonging. It is really hard to gain that trust back and it is an active process um, to continue to fall back into the space and say, I am, I am enough, I can just be, I don't have to do anything um, in order to trust my body, to trust my mind, to trust my heart, even as I might not get it right all of the time. But hopefully we can regain a little bit more of our agency that for some folks really was taken um, by the institution of religion. I think even as everything is changing around us, Jesus is pointing out to the disciples, like, you already have done these things. You already know it. Even as I go away or am not present with you physically in the same way, just continue what you've been doing, you know? And there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be questions, but there's also a process that's happening, this mutual indwelling. Jesus using the language of the Father here to say, God is within me and I am within God. I think the same extends to us that the divine is within you. God is dwelling in what you do. And you don't even have to use the language of God to be true. It can be love, the divine, however you connect to the mystery that is, the mystery that be and connects us all. Allow that goodness to be present and to be known to you and to those around you. Throughout the rest of that text, um, like I was mentioning earlier, uh, Jesus says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And I think that's, that's one of the few things that we can count on is that the work will always be there. And this doesn't have to be an overwhelming call. Hopefully it is one that reminds us we don't have to get it all done in one day, right? Nothing of Jesus's journey towards the cross, um, towards this ministry of justice could be done in a day. And we know, I think, and maybe I should just use myself as an example, but there are many times in my life where I know something to be true about myself, or I know something that is a good option and I still distrust myself or I choose kind of the opposite because I'm still learning my worth, my goodness, all of these things as we're unworking um, some not so helpful beliefs. And the work continues to be there. I don't show up to counseling one day and have it all fixed in a session, although that would be really nice sometimes. Uh, (laughs) That's not how it works. But I know that I can continue to come back and continue to spend this time just working with the questions, working with this level of trust, working with this idea of divine love, 
of justice, all these things. Um, we are all allowed to take our time. We're all allowed to figure out a way, a truth, a life that works for us and within us and hopefully continues to pursue the things that I think were true of Jesus's ministry. That's what I think he was pointing out when he says, you already know what to do. You already know to seek justice. You already know to try and find value, to love yourself, to love your neighbor. All of these things, if you're on that path, whatever that looks like, if you're trying to unravel the whole thing of injustice just by working on a little corner of it, you're doing enough. So all that to say, the divine is within you. We hope to continue to trust ourselves through all of the changes that we go through, whether that's in our beliefs or our structures around us. And I came across um, this benediction from Pastor Don Hutchinson, who's a progressive Christian uh, leader and spiritualist. And I'll, I'll end on this before we get into our conversation for Sunday. She says, let us distrust every claim of truth where we do not see truth united in love. God is beyond the beyond and beyond that also. All paths do lead to the heart of God. Jesus is a way, a way to truth, a way to life, a way to love. The mystery which lies at the heart of reality is love. Love beyond our ability to imagine or express. So let us open ourselves to that love in one another, in our neighbors, and in the very cosmos itself. The way, the path of dying to an old way of being and being born into a new way of this being is the only way to God. And I'd add, the only way back to ourselves. So with that, I hope um, that that maybe sparked some new thoughts on how to read this verse or this passage. Um, thanks for hanging in there with me. I promise, hopefully, we will have a working computer and notes by Sunday. Um, we'll break off into some questions. And if it's uh, helpful for you to have kind of food for thought uh, as you hear this and listen to it before we converse on Sunday, I'd be curious to know how this reframing kind of fits for you um, and what are you trying to learn and grow in in terms of trusting and just continuing through the changes? I think the only thing that I can say is consistent about God or my thoughts of God is that they are always changing. And for me, there's a lot of beauty in allowing a dynamic faith, spirituality, sense of being, doing all of those things. So I hope that we can leave it there. Um, so as always, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Amen. <laughs>